Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Virgin named Mary. She was engaged to Joseph from the family of King David. The angel greeted Mary and said, You are truly blessed. The Lord is with you. Mary was confused by the angel's words and wondered what they meant. Then the angel told Mary, Don't be afraid. God is pleased with you, and you will have a son. His name will be Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of God Most High. The Lord God will make him king, as his ancestor David was. He will rule the people of Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, How can this happen? I am not married. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come down to you, and God's power will, will come over you. So your child will be called the Holy Son of God. Your relative, Elizabeth, is also going to have a son, even though she is old. No one thought she could ever have a baby, but in three months she will have a son. Nothing is impossible for God. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen as you have said. And the angel left her. Okay, we'll now attempt to light the candle. All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us to prepare our hearts this week by filling us with joy. There are so many distractions in the world that take our focus away from you, especially during the holiday season. Prepare our hearts by removing any sadness that may hinder us and truly feeling the joy of Jesus' birth. There are so many of us who have memories, both good and bad, that flood our minds during the season. Help us all to stay calm and truly reflect on how each of those memories have changed us and help us find your presence in each of those memories. No matter how busy the following week is, we pray that we can pause with our loved ones and remind ourselves that this third Advent candle is a symbol of joy. Rejoice in the fact that our Lord is near. We await your coming. For you, Lord, are the one who will save us from our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I wanted to give you a little background on um, January 1st. I know Charlotte shared a little bit with you about it. But uh, we wanted to share with you why we're doing what we're doing. So on January 1st, we, we wrestled with where to meet. We figured we had to meet on a Sunday. Um, we had to meet. Uh, for those of, that, of you that have been here at Branches for a, at least a year, if you were here last January 1st, that was a very important day. Uh, not because I'm still alive, but because of what God did. My friend said something that I think is really appropriate. Um, usually really wise things come from really old people, and he's old. He would be the one to tell you that. He's 83 or something. And he said that what happened with our family and our church was a community miracle. And that was so appropriate because it's, God did so much through that, not only for uh, our family, 
but for branches and for the other churches in the area, and as we talked about, all over Southern California and, you know, went around the world, that people could look at this situation and without a doubt, we hear it all the time, people said, you know what, I now follow God because of what happened, or my faith has grown because, so what we're going to do is we're not going to meet in the morning on January 1st, but in the evening, or five o'clock, I guess we got to call it evening because it gets so dark ridiculously early, but five o'clock, and we're going to do it at Shoreline. We've asked them if we could use their facility, so we're going to do it at night on January 1st. So it's so different, I wanted to tell you the details, but even more importantly, why. And so we're going to have a few people sharing. Um, the people that are going to be sharing don't know they're sharing yet. Uh, I have about four or five people in mind, so don't be surprised if you get a text or a phone call. And so if you really want to dodge me, then, then just you're going to have to break your phone or lie. Um, but what we want to do is, is just share what God has done um, and remember what he has done, and we'll share more about that that night. Uh, last week, uh, when we were here, we, we left, Steph and I, and I said, Steph, did you notice how many people were coughing and sneezing? Uh, I don't know what was going on. We're, obviously, we're a little hypersensitive. Um, my kids sneeze in the house. We're like, oh, what are you doing? You know, we're, so we're, we've got issues now because of everything. Um, but really, I, I asked a few other people that don't have issues, and they're like, yeah, it was crazy. And so as we talked about, why do people always get sick during Christmas? You ever think about that? Well, I've got the answer. So we, talk, we went through, I go, Steph, let me tell you why everybody gets sick. So I went through, I said, number one, sugar. You never consume more sugar than you do at Christmas, right? Everywhere you go, it's everywhere. Like, oh, look, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to eat that. But that, everybody says that, and all the sugar disappears. So we're all eating at all. Um, there's coffee everywhere. There's alcohol everywhere. So everyone's consuming more sugar, coffee, and alcohol. And then because it's Christmas and you have your job, and then you have your Christmas job when you get home, so then you've got to work so nobody's sleeping, and then you have your job, and your job doesn't disappear, so you've got to finish all your stuff before Christmas. And then, of course, since it's the end of the year, they tag that all on. So everybody's getting sick. But that is not the biggest reason that everybody's getting sick. We've talked about this plenty of times. Um, stress. If you don't figure out how to deal with stress or fear, you're going to die. That's what stress does. And there's no more stressful time than this time of the year. Um, there was a study done in Britain and you know, the British, they talk weird, they're really smart. They did this study, and in the study, they went through the most stressful life events, okay? So divorce is in there, obviously changing jobs, the loss of, of a loved one. These are life events. Christmas comes in number six for the most stressful life events. And it happens every year. Like, you know it's coming, right? Changing jobs, hopefully that doesn't happen every year or even that often. Christmas, it comes around every year as one of your most stressful life events. So it should be no surprise that as we look around, this is the time when we have the, the most divorces, the most suicides, the most depression, because we're so overwhelmed we're in such fear from the simple, goofy things like fear of gaining weight to the fear of finances, which is 
not even a fear. Let's face it, both those are going to happen. Um, you're going to gain weight, and your finances are going to be a wreck. So you got that stress, but then you have the deeper ones. You have the more, the heavy ones. There's, there's, there's more depression. There's more sadness. There's more loneliness. There's more anger. That all happens here at Christmas, and it's because of the fear and the stress. And the irony of this whole situation, if you think about it, we're going to do the nativity. We don't have our kids. We don't give them lines. So when we do our children's nativity on Christmas Eve, Eve, the kids are going to come up. But if they were to have lines, someone's supposed to walk up as one of the shepherds. And then the angel says, I bring you great news of a great joy. So why is it that the most stressful, fearful time of the year, one of the top fearful life events is Christmas at a time when there should be this great news of great joy and they come together at the same time. So we're going to look at that this morning. We're going to look at it and we're going to look at it, um, we're going to look at Mary. And you're going, okay, okay, I know this story. No, you don't. Um, the thing about it, the crazy thing is, is that the familiar because it's familiar, it becomes unfamiliar. You're so used to it that you think you know it. For example, here's one. Um, how many wise men were there? Now you're scared to answer it, aren't you? Like, well, I'm going to get it wrong. You probably will. In fact, I, don't, I haven't even checked with Bryn. I think we're going to have three wise men up there. We have no idea how many there were. No clue. The innkeeper. There's no mention of an innkeeper. And in fact, as we talked about, it's not an inn like a hotel like you think of. We think that, right? You're thinking, oh, they just checked in and there's an innkeeper. Hi, how you doing? This isn't a place where they didn't. But the story is so familiar, you start to go, oh, of course. Mary. Ah, oh, I know all about Mary. Sweet woman. She was perfect. That's why she got chosen. You hear all of these facts and you miss the reality. There was no one more stressed at Christmas than Mary. I don't know what you're going through. I know, I know a lot of the stories of what's happening just in this room alone. And it is, I'm crying throughout the week because I know the kind of stuff that some of you are dealing with right now, the stress and the fear. But whatever it is that you're going through, Mary has you topped. So we're going to look at it right now. We're going to look at um, Mary's Christmas. So if we could go, um, we're going to skip through those first three slides because those were for... Um, for the reading, and we're going to, so the reading that we had this morning is what we're going to go through, but we're going to go through it a little bit slow, and we're going to highlight a few things. So we have um, an angel, the angel Gabriel, who comes to Mary, comes to Mary and um, says something unique. If you could go to, can you find that slide? <laughs> he's, very, he's actually extremely technologically gifted. Um, so Mary, uh, the angel comes and says, I, um, you are blessed. And, and Mary is confronted with an angel. So her response is very expected. Um, is this the first one? I think you need to go, can you go to the very first? Is it not showing up? Shoot me straight. All right, let's go back. We'll go back. I'll just, I'll walk you through it. Are you stressed? I'm getting stressed. I'm getting stressed it's not up there. Okay, so this is the very first slide, right? Okay, so let's go through that one. And then the next one. 
Okay, and then next one. And then should be blank. Yeah, and then this one. <laughs> Boom. All right. Sorry, guys, I gave him the wrong number. I said three. It wasn't really three. So here we are. So the angel greets Mary and says, you are truly blessed. The Lord is with you. And uh, the highlights are me, of course. That's not in your um, Bibles. Um, and it says that Mary was confused by the angel's words and wondered what they meant. Then the angel told Mary, don't be afraid. Okay, now, she doesn't know anything that's happening yet. All she knows is an angel showed up. And you need to know this about Mary. Mary, in, in, in the Bible, only speaks at four different times. And two of those are here. And so her, her, her response, without words so far, is that she's confused. Okay, that's an understatement. And then it says that she wondered, okay? Now, that word wondered is an accounting term, which means like to measure, to, to analyze, to calculate. And so if an angel shows up, this is not normal. We look at Mary, we're like, oh, of course, of course it's gonna happen to her because she's so much different than everybody else. No, she's confused, or some of your translations will say she was troubled, which is another way to say she's freaking out. You can relate with that, right? If an angel shows up, you're not, it's not normal to go, hmm. No, you're freaking out because when angels show up, it's a scary situation. That's why every time angels show up, they say, don't be afraid. Why do they say don't be afraid? Because everyone that sees an angel is afraid. And so she's afraid and she's confused. And so she's trying to measure what the heck is happening here. And then he says this. Don't be afraid. God is pleased with you, and you will have a son, and his name will be Jesus. That's what any woman wants to hear, right? You're going to have a child. I mean, Mary has plans. She's, right now, she's engaged with Joseph. She's engaged to Joseph. They're going to be married. Not yet. They're going to be married. And the idea that she's going to have a son is, is probably really exciting. And then she hears this about her son. And this, well, this is what this is about, right? This is Christmas. This is our Savior. This child, he will be great. And he will be called the Son of God Most High. The Lord God will make him king as his ancestor David was. He will rule the people of Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. That's I mean, now she's, she's calculating again. Wait, what? Like, this is, this, this is big. the son of God, the son of the God most high. The Lord God will make him king as his ancestor David was. So now she's hearing, wait, this sounds a lot like the Messiah that we've been waiting for. What? So talk about fear. You've got, if there's anyone that felt they weren't good enough, Mary. You hear this, and you're like, oh, I know this story. This is familiar. It becomes so familiar that it becomes unfamiliar. Because now let's go to the next slide. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm not married. So she understands what's happening here. It's not like, hey, eventually you're going to have a son. No, you're going to have a son right now. She's understanding that. That's not the way this is supposed to go. And in your mind, you have a picture of how old Mary is. Mary, at this time, is no older 
than 15 years old. She could be 13, she could be 14, she could even possibly be 12. Do you think that was in her plans? Everything is blown apart right now. Talk about stress and fear. She's got it going on right now. Not, oh, how can this happen? I'm not married. Notice the exclamation mark. That's not in the original language. But the translators were like, you gotta put it in there. There's no way that she could not respond like, what? Think about it. This is a teenage girl, unmarried, about to have an illegitimate child. Now, like we said, there's words that aren't recorded here. But we know that she had to have some kind of thought or some kind of dialogue with Gabriel like, are you serious? You're joking, right? Not, how can this happen? But how can this happen? She's got plans. We're going to have a house like this. We're going to have four children. They're going to play baseball. They're going to surf. They're going to go to this college. It's all worked out. That's what we do. We plan. We have our expectations of how things are supposed to go. And we just freak out when they don't happen. But here she is being saying, having the angel show up saying, you're blessed. Really? Because it's not feeling like it. The situation you just laid out for me doesn't sound that great because you know, like I know, that the way our culture is, that as soon as Joseph finds this out, he ain't believing this, and he has every right by our law to have me killed because he's not going to believe and nobody's going to believe that I didn't sleep with another man and cheat on my fiance, and we all know what the law says about that, that I can be killed for that. Are you dealing with that this Christmas? <laughs> I mean, I'm stressed. My wife and I are dealing with a very stressful Christmas, a very good one, but a very stressful one. But nothing compares to what this woman is having to deal with here. This is a girl having to become a woman. Not only that, but she's going to have a child. She has all these dreams, and now her child is going to walk around, and everyone is going to go, look, that's Jesus, the illegitimate one. You want to know what happened? Everywhere she goes and everywhere her son goes, they're going to get the side eye. Right? You know what I'm talking about because you've done it. And you've experienced it or at least thought you experienced it. She's going to experience it. How does that, how is that blessed? But this is how she responds. If we can go to the next slide. Mary says... I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen as you have said. And the angel left her. Do those words sound familiar to you? Because they should. Because the child that she's soon going to have says words very similar to that. When Jesus is in the garden and he is facing the crucifixion, he says, take this cup from me, but not my will be done, yours be done. Which sounds a lot like let it happen as you have said. How do you get to that place? How do you get to where Mary's at, where in the midst of this season, with all of your lack of finances, all of your lack of time, all of the reflection of your dreams that have not come out the way they were supposed to, how can you look at, I mean, because let's face it, that's what we do at Christmas time. It's not just Christmas time, it's also the end of the year, so we're reflecting. And as you look back 
How can you, if you have this situation, how could you respond like her and say, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it happen to me as you've said. How do we do that? I was um, sharing this with uh, Esh this week and going through it with him and trying to get his insight. And he said something really wise. He said, I'm having a, a, a disconnect here. He said, because I'm having a hard time seeing how the one thing that we're talking about here, that God loves us. Um, as we've shared here before, um, the Christmas, the one thing, it's, it's like what my aunt said um, when I said, we were talking about the reason for the season. She goes, Jesus. That's right. That's what we're supposed to answer. And I said, no. And um, I said, no, in my heart, because I didn't say it to her, because this was over social media, and I didn't have time to really explain it to her. And if I was in her presence, she may punch me. I don't come from a Christian family, but my aunt is a follower. And um, the truth is, Jesus isn't the reason for the season. He doesn't make it about him. The angels, and they all tell us, look, he is coming to do a great work. There is good news, which means something's happened. Someone has done something for you. But when we say that Jesus isn't the reason for the season, what we mean by that is he didn't need to come so that he could have attention. You know what I mean? When you do something or kids do something, and of course we grow up and we're adults and we do something to get people's attention so we can get, he didn't need to do this because we started forgetting about him. God did this for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Christmas is about one thing and that one thing is that God loves us. That's what this season is about and that's what God wants us to know. That he loved us so much that he moved into the neighborhood that he came in these crazy, in this unbelievable situation to communicate to us that there is nothing that will prevent him from reaching us, reaching out to us. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. That's the one thing. It's not what you do, it's what God has already done. You don't need to do anything to earn this. It's not a, uh, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's not a cautionary tale, like, hey, we're telling you this story, now this is how you're supposed to live. This is good news. Someone has done something and pay attention. And the reason for this season is that God has moved into the neighborhood to let us know he loves us. And so as I'm sharing this with Esh and we're talking about Mary, he goes, I'm making the disconnect. How does Mary, how does love help her to respond this way? How does she know God's love? Like, I get it, but how does this, where is that? Notice that the angel says nothing is impossible for God. Because Mary's looking at the situation, and she's like, ah, and the angel has to remind her that nothing is possible for God. Now, does she all of a sudden go, oh, okay. I never heard that before. I never thought about it. No, she believes it. And she just needed to be reminded. For many of us here this morning, we need to be reminded, that's right. Nothing is impossible, which means that God is powerful. But if God is just powerful and not loving, then he is truly, we should be scared of him. Because the last thing you want is someone that's ultimately powerful but not loving. But then on the same side, you don't want someone that's ultimately loving but not able. I mean, if he's truly our creator, then we want him to be loving and to be powerful. And that's who God is. And Mary knows that. And that's how she can look at this situation and respond, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it happen as you have said. And so I'm sitting there and talking to Esh, and I go, you know, the best way I can describe this is just to describe how I have experienced God's love, how I 
and those of you who are visiting, you don't know this, but anyone that's part of branches, oh, they're very aware that I am, I'm not all that. I am very human, very fallible. I'm jacked. And that doesn't change the reality that, that, I, know loves God, that I know God's love. And um, it was, so today is the 18th, and so for us, we're reliving everything that happened last year, and it was on the 15th, which is Thursday, uh, this last Thursday, that everything started to go really south. And so we're at the house, and um, my health was at such a place where um, I was like, Steph, we got to go to the emergency room now, and the emergency room meaning UCLA, and uh, I'm lazy. So unless it's death, I don't really want to drive to L.A. Um, but I knew, I knew it was bad, and I knew if we didn't get there that it, that it, that it could end. And so we uh, got in the car, and we started driving. And this is, this is not like, oh, it's our first time going to the emergency room. It's like, seriously? Seriously? Do, how long is this going to go? And um, in my heart, I'm just like, just take me home. Like, why take my wife through this? Why take my kids through this? Why take our family and friends through this? And so as we're driving up, we're just not talking. Um, we're sitting there in silence, and uh, there's definitely fear there. So we're driving up in this fear, in this stress, but also we're, we're going in hope. And I know that's so hard to describe. Um, at this time, we're, we're, we're putting music on uh, listen to a lot less sports radio, and we're putting on music that just focuses on Christ because we needed that. We needed to be reminded, much like Mary, needed to be reminded. And so the song comes on, uh, which has become a theme song here at Branches way before I got sick, um, called Oceans. And like I said, Steph and I aren't talking. I'm kind of slouching the passenger side. She's driving. And the song comes up, and I know the song. And so I just start to tear up but not tears of fear, tears of hope. And I'm not smiling, not like, yay! Come on, let's be realistic here. But I know she's feeling the same way, so I look over, and sure enough, as soon as the song starts, tears start flowing. And um, so I'm not gonna go through the whole song with you, but I asked uh, Steve if he could show this one slide, because this kind of describes what was happening. That's what these songs are. When we sing these songs, I hope you know that. These aren't performances. Um, the whole purpose why we do these songs are prayers. And just like the Bowmans led us in prayer, the, the worship team, they're leading us in prayer. And these songs are prayers, and this was our prayer as we were driving. And uh, I just let those words become my prayer. And I will call upon your name, and I'll keep my eyes Above the waves, when oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours. Does that sound familiar? I am the Lord's servant, for I am yours, and you are mine. And that song now, every time it comes on in the car or especially here at church, like Steph and I, we just reach out and hold each other's hands because that's what we did on that drive. But here's what I also want to remind you. 
our situation didn't change. It got worse. Mary's situation, she's still a pregnant teenager. But as we're going to look back on January 1st, and as we look back especially at Christmas, God has done a great thing. And it was through Mary. And I'm sure even, even through her life, she's thinking, is there a different way for us to do this? Like, she still has to walk around with people giving her the side eye. Still, she had to deal with that conversation with Joseph. So, um, Joe, like, that wasn't a fun conversation to have to look back on. There's this, but it was for God's purposes. That's where we all have to make a decision this season. Where do we stand? It's easy to say, I'm the Lord's servant. Are you really? Are you willing for God to take you through whatever for his purposes? Because Mary went through all this not for her sake, but for ours. And as we look back on January 1st, as we're going to do, and what God took my family through, I'm not really pumped on the way it all went down. We talk about it being a beautiful thing, and it was because of what God has accomplished through it. But it's not what we would have chosen. And when we follow God, you have to understand a lot of your expectations, the way life is going to work out, is not going to work out that way. Now, that doesn't mean that every single person, things are going to work out in God's way for you. Or that even God's ways are going to work out, because ultimately, each of us has to come to the place where we say, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, maybe I will never get married. Lord, maybe I will never have children. Lord, maybe I will never, ever be able to, to not stress about money. Maybe I will always be in this situation of wanting more. Maybe my children's sickness or my sickness or my parents' sickness is going to stay. But Lord, if you're going to keep this, then keep it for your purposes. I will go through whatever you want me to go through, but I give you all. We sing these songs all the time that talk about surrendering to God and handing it over, but have we done that? When we look back at Mary's situation, we need to not let the story be so familiar that it becomes unfamiliar and realize the kind of sacrifice and decision that she made. She made a decision that said, I am the Lord's servant, and she made it before Gabriel ever showed up. And that's why she was chosen. And when you make a decision to follow Christ, that doesn't mean your life all of a sudden gets easy. Fact, the reality is your life may get harder, but it will become more beautiful. And the life that comes out of you for other people is going to be irreplaceable. Steph and I are not lying when we say we are glad that God took us through that because of what he's done for other people. I know it sounds like we're lying. I've heard other people say it before. I thought they were lying too. I've heard other people I know that had cancer and say, I'm so glad I have this cancer because of what God has done through it. And I'm thinking, you are so lying. <laughs> like if you were in your room by yourself, you wouldn't say that. You're just saying it because it sounds cool. But I'm telling you with sincerity, and I know that Mary would say the same thing, that you really are thankful when you surrender to him. And if he chooses to take you through circumstances that are difficult, they will be for his purposes to love other people, and you will be glad and thankful and embrace that it happened. That is the beauty of what God does. And so as we look back at this time of the year, 
and we talk about that one thing, you need to know that nothing is impossible with God. That God is all powerful and he is all loving. And if you have entrusted your life to him, I don't know what you're dealing with, but as, the more you surrender to him, he will put it in order. It doesn't mean it'll be in the order you planned it to be or the way you would like it necessarily. Like I said, Mary's situation didn't really change. And our situation, we have to deal with this every day. But it's beautiful. It is great news and it brings great joy. And so for us at Christmas, for my family, this is the best Christmas we've ever had. We're still dealing with the, the PTS of everything that happens, so that starts popping up every time there's a day. So like yesterday was when I went into surgery and then we've got the other days coming up. But we can look around and see what God has done. And we can praise him. If you read farther into Luke and you re read what Mary does, she starts singing. How blessed am I? Mary's song, if you've ever heard it, that's it. And she just starts saying, how fortunate am I in the midst of this? to be chosen by God. You are chosen by God. But you have to trust him. I don't want to, I, I, the more I thought this, I just don't want us to skip over that. God is good and he's gonna work everything out for his purposes, even if it's difficult. If you're not trusting him, then you may just be dealing with junk for the sake of dealing with junk. It may be even because of your own doing or someone else's doing, but if you entrust to him, then he can turn it into something beautiful. So I wanna invite the worship team up and they're going to lead us in uh, a couple prayers. And um, in those prayers, as always, I want to encourage you guys, you men, you women, to sing along. Trust me, God doesn't care how good your voice is. Let's face it. There's probably only 20% of you here that can even sing. <laughs> we know that. Um, sometimes that's why we turn up the volume so that you can have confidence. But it's not about our voices. It's about our prayers. And so for these songs, as they're going, if it's your prayer, then we invite you to jump in to be a part of that. Um, they're going to play this song, and then we're going to take communion together. And uh, the way we're going to do communion is you'll um, come down these middle aisles and then go out the, so if you're coming down this side, then you can go out that way. If you're coming on this side, you can go out that way. I really like it when we bump into each other, um, but there weren't enough chairs, and we make the aisles <laughs> wide enough, and it's just not realistic. So I got outvoted on that one. So we're not going to do that. But as we take communion, remember what communion's about. And we said Christmas is about the one thing. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, could look at his disciples. And they knew, I hope they knew, they eventually figured it out. But he was trying to tell them, do this in remembrance of me. Again, was he saying, hey, remember me, don't forget me. Come on. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembering how much I love you. Remember who I am and remember what I have done for you. So as we take communion, that's why we do it. To remember him and his love for us. So let me pray for us. Father God, you make all things beautiful. And there's so much fear and stress and pain in this room alone. And so many of our friends and family and neighbors and coworkers are dealing with we just want to take that from them, Lord. But ultimately, as we look at Mary, we don't ask that you take it away as much as you draw us to you, that you draw us 
to your love and your power, that you open our eyes, that you teach us to trust, that you teach us to believe even in the midst of our unbelief, that we would look at Mary and have hope, realizing she was also troubled and started analyzing and calculating. But ultimately, Lord, she made a decision. Give us the strength, Lord, to make that decision. Give us the hope. And Lord, may we see your glory, the light of the world that comes in to cast out all darkness. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask you to sit for just a second. One of the things that I was really struck by as Boogie was teaching was this thought that Mary must have had of this is not how it was supposed to go. And I was thinking how many of us are sitting in this room right now and there's an area in our life where we're thinking, this is not how it was supposed to go. My family was not supposed to be still living here at this time this year. We were supposed to be in a home or whatever it might be. In my career, this is not where I was supposed to be one year later. This is not how it was supposed to go. Maybe in a relationship, the loss of someone, someone's illness, and we hope for healing, but it doesn't look like that's coming or that may not be the answer. This is not how it was supposed to go. And when we're in that situation, the temptation is to ask, why? Why, God? Why is this happening? Why me? I bet Mary was tempted to say, why me? You know, why not the 26-year-old down the street who already has three kids and a ring on her finger? Why me? Why? But why never helps. And it's exactly what Boogie said. The question that we ask when we think it was not supposed to be like this, this is not how it was supposed to go. This is not where my feet were supposed to still be. The question is not why. The question is who? Because it's all about people. It's why Christ came and put skin on for the who, the you, the me. So who am I still here for, Lord? Who in my neighborhood are you keeping me here for? Who in my job and my workplace are you keeping me here for? Who in my family are you calling me to love, to serve more? Who? Who do you want to put on my heart that you can use me in the life of? to show them your love, who? The question is who? And I've heard it taught, and I think that we're, when we're in this situation, we look to Christ to say, what did he do? How did he live? So how do we live like him in the midst of this is not how it was supposed to go? And I heard it taught about Jesus, that when he engaged with people, he would give a look, a word, and a touch, that he would look at someone, look at them in the eyes and see them, that he would give them a word of encouragement, a word of direction, or ask them a question. He would engage. And oftentimes, he would give a touch, and it would be healing. Or he would touch the people, like the scourges of the earth, the homeless, the forgotten, the marginalized, the people who other people would walk around. He would 
give a touch and touch a person who oftentimes hadn't had human touch in a very long time. And if we want to be like Jesus in this season, and if we want to bring Jesus to people in this season, we've got to give a look, a word, and a touch that our eyes would be open to those who are hurting. And if we are hurting, we will be able to see others who are hurting and God will use us and we will find more meaning and more purpose in being used by God, even though we're hurting too, than if we just sit down and say, why? Jesus, hours before he died, healed an enemy and put the enemy's ear back together. Jesus was busy turning himself inside out for people, even in the midst of his own turmoil and his own fear about what was going to happen. And so we're to be like him and to do the same. And I think that those are very serious examples, but also in this season, I, I really must hate myself because yesterday I went to Costco, Target, and Gelson's back to back. <laughs> and I realized I might have a death wish. I cannot tell you how rude people were in parking lots, how rude people were to the people that were working at these places and checking them out, how rude people were to each other. In line, I saw like a 50-year-old and a 60-year-old man who were not together, but in line yelling at each other, at Target. It was nuts. <laughs> and you know, we've just got to stop and give a look and a word and see the people that are serving us, that are working and serving us and see one another. We've got to stop and be Christ-like in this season, and it will matter to the person that's working behind the counter. It's going to make a difference. That is how we bring Christ in the season that our eyes are really supposed to be on him. You know, not the price tag of things, right? So thank you so much. I'm so glad we got to be here today. It was so good. Um, please do not forget to get your kids in the back. If you don't have kids, please, you know, like on purpose. I mean, we all remember we've got kids. It's just, do I get them? Um, so please don't forget to get them. Please help break down if you can. And um, we just wish you peace and joy, and we want to see you on Christmas Eve Eve. Have a great week.